listening to Gospel Garage, sharing the good news of the gospel through the teachings of Jesus Christ, our Savior. February 4th. February 4th. Time's moving along. 2023. It's a little bit cold here again. I don't think it's as cold as last week, but I'm still wearing many layers and I'm super grateful to be here with you guys. Mike and I love to have our time together here, time together virtually with you, of course, isn't quite the same as meeting in person. We do often encourage people to connect with the church in their community on Sunday mornings. We've navigated that road ourselves. And so I understand from God's reminding me that we are to forgive our debtors as we are expected to be forgiven by God. And that isn't easy. And we carry around our hurts. And when we are hurt by somebody else in our workplace, somebody else in our friend group, somebody else in our church, it's really easy to, instead of forgiving them, judge it, label it, and move away from it. And that isn't really God's will for his people, is it? Because we can sing about the love of God. And we can sing about asking him to send us out into our communities and it is with good intent but are we doing that within our own hearts are we actually saying god bandaging the broken send me when it's the person who has offended us hurt our feelings maybe done damage to us they're broken are we going to go bandage their feet it's kind of a good question i've been asking myself i know i've harmed others i know i've been harmed by others and i'm sure everybody's had some experience of some sort because that's just the general walk of life in the sinful world that has pulled itself away from God and through all things he who is most worthy of all is also the answer Jesus Christ is the answer to that brokenness to that loneliness when you feel like you don't quite have a place to fit in you will always always fit in at the table of Jesus Christ when you know him and seek him and call out his name In fact, you don't even have to yet know him. You just have to turn your gaze right over to him and just know that his presence is enveloping you and pray to Jesus for that comfort, that connection. Pray to Holy Spirit, come and hang out with me, please. God, Jesus, Holy Spirit, he loves his creation. That's why the creation is still existing right at this moment because he has not yet chosen his timing of when he returns. So in all of that, as we navigate what he lays out in front of us each day, please, please be assured in the love of God. Yes, he is a correcting heavenly father who does straighten us out when we are walking in a crooked way. But while he loves us, he does not condemn us. He repeatedly offers his outstretched hand to pick us up out of the dirt, to dust us off and break the chains of, yes, addiction and any sin that is absolutely holding us. It's a real, it's an eye-opener for me, and it's a journey, and it's a journey. Because when you reach for the hand of Jesus, there's a lot of other hands trying to hold you by the ankles. And that is where unity in the body of Christ and friendship and fellowship comes into place. And again, being cautious of God's will 100%. And then the flesh gets cautious and starts to build walls that blocks us from people. It just reminds me of wanting to have that freedom to run along the sandy beach and just run, knowing that you're not going to slip and fall on mucky, slimy stuff. 
And so I'm grateful that God leads us through it. I'm grateful that he reminds me of the times when I'm the slimy mess in someone's life and when they are in mine. And again, releasing that control that we seek so much of in the flesh, releasing that control and allowing God to do the work in us and allowing God to remind us that there's nobody perfect but Jesus. And so we seek to be perfect within his will and we seek and strive to help out others within God's will. But we really aren't always allowed or able to pick and choose who we think is worthy of such help or who is worthy of such forgiveness. All are forgiven by Jesus. He bore the shame at the foot of the cross. We stood and looked at him and we know he carries our shame still. Freely offered salvation, freely given salvation when we realize that he is all that is, all that was and all that will be. So as we go into this week's message of um, really pretty much the hand of God in our lives, I pray to God sincerely for correction. I don't want to be out of line of what Holy Spirit is asking of me, what Holy Spirit is demanding of me if I'm being pouty and silly. I want to walk in line with Jesus. I want to walk in line with Holy Spirit and his discernment. I want to see with God's eyes the people that he asks me to see. I want to stand strong in God's word, not in my own might, because there is no strength in that. By God's will and God's strength, we can stand upright. God, we thank you. We thank you, yeah for another week of walking through this era. Thank you for picking us up every time we fell. Thank you for allowing us to see others as you do, Lord. Thank you for prompting us, Holy Spirit. Thank you for prompting us to pray as you direct. We praise you for the grace and peace that you've given us. Wow, do I need your grace, Lord. We pray for your guidance in friendships with others. We pray for your guidance in things that we do within our business, within our workday. We pray for your guidance to speak words into lives that are walking away from you. We pray for your guidance and wisdom to speak into our children's lives, Lord. We come before you so often asking for you to bless and protect, and you do and you will, because you are the great I am. But Lord, I'm fully aware of my failings in the teaching in the household. And so I pray for your understanding and mercy in it. Pray that you remind us to boldly step out onto these roads that you've mapped out. May we work together for your kingdom as the body of Christ, Lord, not against each other, but with you as the head of the church, Jesus, all for the glory of the kingdom of God. And we pray all things only in the name of Jesus Christ, for there are no other kings before him. Thank you. Amen. Amen. I'm cold already. <laughs> and I forgot my coffee. So there you go. Matthew 5, 1 through 12. Matthew 5, verse 1 through 12. When Jesus saw the crowds, he went up on the mountain. And after he sat down, his disciples came to him. He opened his mouth and began to teach them. He opened his mouth and began to teach them saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the gentle, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, 
for they shall be called sons of God. Blessed are those who have been persecuted for the sake of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you and persecute you and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward in heaven is great, for in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Amen. I think you guys who've been with us for a couple of years know that at Gospel Garage, we love the Word. We love the Bible. Love the Bible. I read the Bible daily and front to back throughout the year and then dive into certain studies of it. And I pray for Holy Spirit's help with memorizing the Bible because that's something that I am not good at. I love the Bible. I love how he feeds me with it. I love how he feeds each of us with his written living word. But I don't always remember scripture and I don't always remember the exact moment of the verse and the book. And so that's something that's a learning curve for me. So as much as I read the Bible every single day throughout the year and make it a purpose to read the Bible, Genesis to Revelation in an entire year and again back and forth. I need his help, his help to retain it. Now that's not to say that we each in those moments of knowing Holy Spirit is present and knowing that he is prompting us to speak a word over a person or a word over a situation, then for some reason, by the grace of God and the mercy of God, those verses come to life. It's the same when I'm working on a sermon throughout the week. It's really exciting because I'll be reading and doing my own devotional and my own study, and God will have me speak about something that's not at all related to what I've been studying for my own personal growth and refinement and cracking by fire and those things. And so I'm really grateful that in each and every instance, there's a moment that God, when we prayerfully open the Bible with Holy Spirit invited into our prayer time and our study time, he will teach us the word and he will point out the word that is relevant in the moment that he is trying to express through us. And I want to clarify that too, that God does not need us. He doesn't need us to be his vessel so that he can express things to the world. God is holy, holy, holy. He is King of kings and Lord of lords, and there is no other before him, and there shall be no other God before him. And so we get to be invited by him to like be part of his story for his creation. That, my friends, is humbling. It's awe-inspiring. It's exciting. It's terrifying. It's all the things that it would be if you were standing right there in front of him at a job interview. Powerful, powerful things that Jesus Christ has taught us throughout history and then through his written word that we get to reference. We get to reference. Like, could you imagine when the Beatitudes were written, spoken, right there in person that you got to hear Jesus speak? Blessed are the poor in spirit. And Christ must have been teaching this renewed outlook to a people that had already existed, had already turned away from God, and didn't have the Bible as the reference point. But how blessed are we generation upon generation later that we can open the Bible and look backwards to get our act together. People had to trust and trust, and then Jesus was born, and then they had to trust some more. <clears throat> and so he really was teaching a what must have been a renewed outlook, you know, to be a humble and meek and kind, to mourn compassionate empathy, fruits of the spirit, gifts of the Spirit. He walked among his creation 2,000 years ago and then is still to this day teaching us that same outlook 
and correcting our perceptions on it and bringing this wholeness to these parts that we do feel are shattered and empty or we feel aren't beautiful enough to take to the public, let alone a magnificent God. But Jesus gives us this unconditional forgiveness and offering life-giving teachings to each and every one of us that are open right there in the Bible when you but so pray with Holy Spirit for that wisdom and understanding in it. And so I know that we've all committed acts that bring hurt and shame to others. We've had the same thing done to us, but I want to be reminded by Holy Spirit and I need him to remind me as we remind you and remind each other, do not flinch or look away from things that hurt. Jesus is with us. Make a declaration in this moment, if you've received Jesus as your savior, make a declaration about who you are, son, daughter, united under God, Jesus, Holy Spirit, and what we have as brothers and sisters in Christ because of him. When we do that, it makes it way easier to reach for someone's hand that we know has not yet met Jesus, for someone's hand who is pulling and running fast away from God to just hold on to them and at the foot of the cross, sit with them through what they need us to sit with them through. When Satan hears us assert our identity in Christ, guys, when we are so filled with Holy Spirit that our heart beats, actually beats with his, so true, that his light pours out of us and the enemy doesn't see this lost person, this thing that it can tempt away from God, Jesus will be seen right at our side, right beside us, right behind us. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's not a t-shirt slogan. Christ is with me. He is. He is right there with you at the kitchen island when you're watching us. He's right here with us in our little garage with no heat. I can see my breath. I love the thought and understanding and comprehension that as I am failing God in my thought process, he is like, whoa, daughter, I love you. Now, here you go. Get on the right track. Yes, be corrected, never condemned. Think about that for a minute. The heart of man is a small, small thing. And we say we're going to invite Jesus to be Lord of, over our lives. It's not that he needs the invitation, but in our small little hearts, it is still thriving to be near God. And it is more than big enough for him to live in. How does that even happen? If we only make room for Jesus, he will pour himself into us. The mighty, mighty God of all creation, the love that Christ teaches that can only be given to us by God wants to dwell within us to be part of that reconciliation journey to our heavenly father. And so a fruit of the spirit is that love. Because when we carry the love of Jesus, and we don't want to get caught up in the fact that we are sinners and we do make mistakes, because that is the journey that we are stepping forth bravely, trusting Jesus to heal us and correct us. But when you come to the foot of the cross as you are, not perfect and shiny, a bit messed up, really messed up. He transforms us. The past is literally forgiven at the foot of the cross. We receive a power to love his people beyond any of our own natural ability to love, especially when we don't think we really want to love a person. Maybe they're annoying. Maybe it's way more serious than that. But thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you for teaching us to clear out our own junk in our heart, the sin, the grime, and to make room for Jesus in our hearts. 
It's because of God that we have had peace in our hearts to begin with and that we have it now and that we will have his peace forever by acknowledging, by acknowledging. It's that simple. It doesn't have to be a big long to-do list or a two-year diploma course. When you acknowledge and receive Jesus Christ as your savior by confessing that we are sinners, sinners and he, he, is the only one who can save us by his atoning blood we will have his ways imparted to us revelation 14 verse 12 through 13 here's the perseverance of the saints who keep the commandments of god and their faith in jesus and i heard a voice from heaven saying right blessed are the dead who die in the lord from now on yes says the spirit so that they may rest from their labors for their deeds follow with them thank you lord blessed blessed are those who seek to get right with the lord seek to get right with the lord seek to do what the lord commands of us what the lord teaches us to now's the time to stand our ground on this upside down playing field that is blazing across our tv screens blazing across our social media pages Table flipping Jesus is also very present. And so to have that solid ground of the rock, Jesus, while we're feeling like everything else around us is upside down, we can meditate on God's word and come back to that place of that calm in the storm where the eye of the storm is calm and silent and strong. Read your Bible every day. Pray out loud declare out loud that Jesus Christ is your savior. Sing out loud. Even if you're totally alone in your kitchen, sing out loud all praise to the Lord most high, all praise to the one who saved our life. We praise him in those worst and best moments. We make praise and worship and prayer and reading the Bible as much as eating your food throughout the day, drinking your water throughout the day, your favorite cup of coffee, those are natural giftings, I believe, from Holy Spirit. The opportunity, especially in Western culture, to read a Bible when there's people starving for the written word all over this planet that God's created, when we immerse ourselves in prayer and praise and worship, Write it down if you don't want to sing it, hum it. But really something magnificent happens in the presence of Holy Spirit when you declare out loud where you stand with God. When you declare out loud that Jesus is the Savior. When you pray out loud on your knees, not for anybody else to see. It could be in your most private moment. It could be in the most public moment. When Holy Spirit tells you to drop to your knees and pray, you drop to your knees and pray. But in the best and the worst moments, we still get that freedom of choice from God to reach for him. And on top of that, we then, as we're reaching for him, actually have to step forth, trusting God's teachings, trusting the covenant with God, trusting what we are learning about in the Bible, living out our daily lives for his glory, for his kingdom, for his kingdom's people. And when the Bible's confusing and the kingdom's people in the Bible seem to be of a different sort of crowd than we would ever understand, that is God helping us to see that he loves all things, that he is a God that does judgment throughout the Bible, loves throughout the Bible, corrects throughout the Bible, guides all things. 
And here, after New Testament, after the birth of Jesus, after his crucifixion and resurrection, here we still are allowed by the grace of God to walk among his earth that we keep messing up because he wants you home with him in eternity. And though time is escalating, and we don't know yet when God is calling us home because only he knows the time. In the meantime, we are to get our act together and get in line with his will and live out our daily lives for his glory and his kingdom. Not halting in fear of rejection from a person that, yeah, it's pretty hard, you know, when somebody you love, like a parent, does not walk with the Lord. But we can't halt our walk with the Lord and we can't stop taking them by the hand and getting them to walk along with us for fear of rejection or dwell in the comfort of complacency. We can't just be happy on a Sunday when it really feeds us to be in a church congregation and singing praise and worship because it's all about God. We can't get into that comfort of complacency and then not say hi to the church friend during the week. You know, I want us to be walking and running with God. I pray that we are each going to be the people that God has designed us to be, like Him. Let's reach out past this awkwardness. I can be super awkward with new people. I want to reach past the awkwardness to chat with people that we encounter. And I suppose I could even go further with that one is, maybe that isn't so hard for me. Encountering a stranger and having a three-hour dialogue in one hour, a five-minute those things aren't as hard for me. I find it often hard, which I trust God, but because of hurts and abuses, I know that there are times where I can be short friendships, but it's really hard to let somebody come right inside the door. Do you know what I mean? Like you can have someone come sit at the kitchen island, but are you going to invite them to your dining room table? It's kind of like that. And I pray for the strength of Holy Spirit to correct me in that. And I pray for the wisdom of Holy Spirit to know when a door is open and when a door is closed. And I pray for wisdom to speak into the encounters that I have with God and his people as I pray for people to do the same for me. And so as God's moving into lives, we can hold his hand. And as God is moving their lives onto our path and our lives onto their path, so that all can hear the stories of redemption. Because if we don't hang out with each other, we don't hear the testimony of what God has done in our lives. And we might think he's only done a one-off in ours. We won't see that he is ever working in someone's life. We get to be part of encouraging each other to turn to Jesus for mercy and salvation, encouraging each other to get ourselves right if we're straying around the wrong path. And sometimes, that talking to somebody isn't a good opportunity because again, maybe it's a short-term interaction like at the grocery store and you see someone who's distressed. We can absolutely be prompted by Holy Spirit in that moment to pray, pray for a situation. I, I, I do actually um, speak that out loud with people. It's not always easy. Sometimes that's more than the awkwardness we spoke about a moment ago. Um, but that's only being prompted by Holy Spirit because He does direct every single step we take. And sometimes we just go through our day of to-do lists, ignoring him. But when we don't ignore him, when we listen to him, when we listen when he says, okay, just wait a minute. Now step. When we listen to him, it's way less of a burden. There's not all the turmoil of should I, shouldn't I, should I, shouldn't I. 
And so when we stop and pray for someone that Jesus has pointed out to us as we're in our car and they're at the intersection, so I'm certainly not going to stop the car in the intersection unless I'm told to, and hop out and speak to the person. Jesus is teaching us in every moment that through our active intercession, through active focused prayer, we can be voices to God, active in blocking the enemy from stealing and robbing people's lives of peace, health, faith of eternity with him. Thank you, God. Thank you. Hallelujah. Isn't it beautiful if you run into somebody and they say, hey, I was praying for you six months ago when I heard about such and such, how'd it go? And you're like, you were praying for me? Wow. Or you hear someone else say, oh man, I've gotten better and this and this has happened. You say, I was praying for you about that. Wow. The power of prayer and the power of praying what Holy Spirit has asked us to pray. It changes everything. It changes our insides. It changes our insides from that grimy stuff that I joke around about, but I'm not joking, right? We all know that inside there's that door that's got a crack in the, in the sort of finish of it, and it's letting a bit of light in of Jesus, but not all his light. But when we live our lives, stumble and fall, and live for Jesus yet again, the blessing that comes to us, blessed are those who mourn and are comforted, Thank you, Lord, for reminding us of that book of Matthew. Revelation 1, verse 1 through 6. The revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave to him to show to his bondservants the things which must take place. And he sent and communicated it by his angel to his bondservant, John, who testified to the word of God and to the testimony of Jesus Christ, even to all that he saw. Blessed is he who reads and those who hear the words of the prophecy and heed the things which are written in it, for the time is near. John to the seven churches that are in Asia, grace to you and peace from him who is and who was and who is to come and from the seven spirits who are before his throne and from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn of the dead and the ruler of the kings of the earth and from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness powerful Lord thank you to him who loves us and released us from our sins by his blood and he has made us to be a kingdom priest to his God and father to him be the glory and the dominion forever and ever amen thank you Lord Jesus is pronouncing grace he's pronouncing peace those are blessings those are blessings blessings aren't always having the bill paid those are the real blessings. Grace and peace be with you. The joy of the Lord. Throughout the New Testament, grace is followed by peace. You know, so you can sort of search this if you have a concordance or just on your own. Just dive in with your highlighters. Go in your search on your Bible app. Check out how the word grace is followed by the word peace because it's really helping me to learn that no one can ever have the peace of God before receiving the grace of God. Because without the grace of God, we're turmoil. We're caught up in our own thoughts, our own actions, our own mistakes, our own ego pride. Only the grace of God through Jesus Christ gives us a true peace that reigns even in the midst of those battles that we're all facing some form. And if you're not really facing a battle right now and you're on the top of the mountain and the sky is really clear and blue, you know there will be moments where you'll be in that valley and you'll be feeling like you just can't even find the stairs to climb the mountain. 
So in the turmoil and in the difficult times of life, we can know without doubt that grace of God gets us through and the peace of God carries us through the turmoil. Jesus, he chose to walk among his people, each of us, 2,000 years ago, still today and yet to come again. And he came to restore that which was lost, that connection with God that was severed in Genesis. And through salvation, Jesus has restored our identity again as God's children. When we put our trust in Jesus, when we put our trust in Jesus, and we are saved and born again, Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit fulfills the Lord's intent for each of us to live in oneness with him. What gifts, what gifts our mighty God has given us Thank you, Lord. Thank you for the conversations of prayer we get to have with him. Thank you for the songs in our hearts and on our mouths that we get to speak to him, our mighty God, freely and honestly. Yes, with reverence. He is holy, holy, holy. But we can still in our broken, messy, crying face, nose, come to the foot of the cross and speak to him. Because we are chosen and beloved from the very first breath we take that he pours into us. Yes, in our mother's womb, he knew us. And so I know that we often look for outward signs that we're qualified to be loved by God. But Jesus Christ shatters that. Like, could you imagine? We don't have to be perfect. We are not to be caught up in our mess and our sin and not break free and get better with the hand of God upon us. But right where we are, stumble, fall turning away from God, not yet even met Jesus. In each and every moment, we do not have to have this perfect behavior. Because when we invite Jesus in, something so magnificent happens to the way we are and the way we were. They're reconciled to him. So maybe you swore like a trucker and you're like 15 years old, but then you gave your heart to God. And that foul language that is unacceptable in the sight of God, it washed away naturally because the grace of God broke you free from smoking, broke you free from swearing, changed your outlook as you run into people on the street, helped you open your heart and mind to people that aren't like you. Maybe people dress different. Maybe they dress really fancy and that's not your jam. Maybe they dress and they're covered in tattoos and that's not your jam. In all things, when you allow Jesus to work in you, it washes all that away and not with a fuzzy pink film over your eyes, just like everything's wonderful. It's not a naive lollipop world. But by the grace of God, he allows us to see ourselves as we are loved by him, while at the same time allowing us to see what people are going through so that we have that empathy and compassion that Jesus so freely poured over us and that we can so freely pour over others. Thank you, God. Thank you that he is not waiting to clean us up, not waiting for us to clean ourselves up. Pardon me. Yeah, because really I would say that God is waiting for us to get it together. And the getting it together is to come to the foot of the cross. It's not his level of perceived perfection that we identify as what the world thinks is perfect. God finds us where we are and calls us to follow him, period. And then when we begin to follow him, he takes us along the route. And when we stumble and fall or we're confused or we're mad at God because we've just lost a loved one, he will still take us along his path and grow us and break us and refine us and mold us all into the likeness of Jesus. Because Jesus is salvation for all. None are to be left behind. That will happen. We know that will happen. We can assume by reading the Bible that that will happen. I shouldn't say we know that would happen. 
because Jesus Christ offers salvation for all who believe in him. There's loved ones that maybe never met Jesus that you know of, but there's still the hope that in their moments before they left this world, that they called out to Jesus. And so by his understanding of man's darkness, his mercy is freely offered. And Jesus, his compassion, it is for each and every person that turns to him, seeks him, speaks to him, calls on his name. His mighty hand is here on our shoulder. It's here on my shoulder right now as I'm freezing and getting my words jumbled. It's here on your shoulder as you're sitting down to whatever you're getting up to today while you're hanging out with us or throughout the week. It's a real time of celebration. As much as the world is trying to have us filled with fear and looking down this dark tunnel of world doom, we can be so filled with joy that we receive the blessings in Matthew of our God Almighty, that we can see that this is a really exciting time, that we can see throughout history from 2000 years ago, before Jesus walked among us for those years, for Noah and the flood, through all time, it has not been an easy ride for humanity. And nor should it be when the <laughs> Garden of Eden happened. Well, I suppose that changed everything, didn't it? So right now we can be really excited and joyful that the time that we're living in is the time that is closer and closer to the return of our King. So let's each take a step forward this week and in the weeks ahead and pray for that person. Speak to that person. Cast aside the anger and the hurt and leave it with Jesus. If we're not over our hurts yet because we've been abused and something terrible has happened, we must, we must, we must spend serious prayer time, fasting time, spend time with Jesus and ask him to guide us through it because he is with us no matter how messed up we are. And that also offers us the glimpse that no matter how messed up that person is that we're pointing a finger at, God loves them too and is doing a good work in them if they're allowing it to happen. So each and everybody's own timing, which is only guided and directed by God. First Peter 1, verse 6 through 9. In this you greatly rejoice. Thank you, Lord. First Peter 1, verse 6 through 9. In this you greatly rejoice. Even though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been distressed by various trials so that the proof of your faith being more precious than gold, which is perishable, even though tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. And though you have not seen him, you love him. And though you do not see him now, but believe in him, you greatly rejoice with joy inexpressible and full of glory, obtaining as the outcome of your faith, the salvation of your souls. That's, that's exciting. Hallelujah. All praise to the Lord Most High. All praise to the Lord Most High, exalted above all things. For thou, O Lord, are exalted above all things. He takes a tattered, broken, marked person and makes us better than ever before. When Jesus goes to work on us and in us, we become probably unrecognizable in some way to the people who know us before and want to sort of attach a label on us. But God's definition of restoration does not mean just putting us back together as we were. No way. 
It means going above and beyond and making us better than before, better than we could plan, better than we could imagine. We're always in far better shape after Jesus has gone to work in us. And I don't think that means we're going to um, coast through this life either. It doesn't mean that we're not going to have suffering and feel the crushing because we will. That is the journey of a Christian and a non-Christian. We feel the weight of the world. We're hurt at the hands of the world. Our lives aren't at the 600 year mark, but God restores us. God restores us. And then we can be reassured of life eternal. Psalm 19, verse seven and eight. The law of the Lord is perfect, restoring the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. Enlightening the eyes. Like that's not a maybe or a what if, or if he, God, feels like it. That is a promise that the Lord will restore his people to a better place. We might feel like the past has left us too broken to be of any use. And we might feel so used and ashamed that God could never use someone like us. But we are not alone. And that is actually a lie of the enemy. We are not alone in those feelings. There are saints who've gone before us, chosen and loved by God. There are sinners who've gone before us, chosen and loved by God. The enemy, its lies, want to keep us from believing in the promise of God and the truth and love of God. The enemy wants to us to believe that we are to be kept so far down in self-worthlessness and not believing that God will fulfill his purpose. That we need to stand up again for some reason tonight and today i really feel that whole like stand up like when you change your posture when you like pull your shoulders back you don't like walk around with your head hang down caught up in your mistakes because the world is yelling your mistakes at you you stand up and dust off remembering that jesus just dusted your shoulders off straightened up your collar on your shirt and said child i love you child you are mine you are not of this world remember that and walk with me can you imagine that? That is the prayer time that we get to have and Jesus will speak that into our hearts. So deny the thoughts of the enemy in the name of Jesus. We speak the name of Jesus as my words get jumbled. We speak the name of Jesus. We deny the thoughts of the enemy. We deny the tactic of the enemy. Those thoughts and words are bound up and put at the foot of the cross. Know that God puts us back together. In the name of Jesus, we are healed. And in the name of Jesus, we are standing as his children. And in the name of Jesus, we are allowed to walk this earth with our purpose being sharing the gospel. And in the name of Jesus, we will speak over our families. And in the name of Jesus, we will speak over our families for them to have freedom from addiction. And in the name of Jesus, we do all things in his mighty, glorious name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for that eternal, internal, eternal, internal walk with us and in our hearts and in our souls. Thank you, Lord, for those innermost parts that we hide from you, that you still see them. So he does know all and he sees all. But by his grace, he is asking us to lay it at the foot of the cross as an act of trust. Lord, this is me. It's gross. Please fix it, heal it, take it. Show me how to fix it, heal it release it. 
He goes to those places that no one else can go that are so deep inside. We probably don't even face a lot of them ourselves, but he fills us with his grace. And that is the freedom you will start to physically feel, spiritually feel. It's magnificent. And that is between you and God. And I can only speak from my own experience. And I can only speak what God lets me speak and asks me to speak. And prayerfully, prayerfully hope that I even get a smidgen of anything right that he asks of me. Thank you, Lord, for your written word, the Bible, that we can go back to it for reference all the time. Thank you for ridding us of shame and guilt and sorrow. Thank you, God. Those are works that only God can do. No human has the ability to fill the void and the depths of the brokenness in us. And when God fills us and calls us his and we start to hear him calling us, then we we will be so much better for our children, for our spouses, for our parents, for our brothers and sisters, for our friends who are like family. It is a mighty work, this life that we're walking. And when we let God have his way, it's phenomenal. It is the blessing, the blessing that comes from the hand of God. 1 Peter 1, verse 13 through 19. Therefore, prepare your minds for action. Keep sober in spirit. Fix your hope completely on the grace to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. As obedient children, do not be conformed to the former lust, which were yours in your ignorance, but like Holy Spirit, who called you, be holy yourselves, also in all your behavior, because it is written, you shall be holy, for I am holy. If you address the Father, wow, if you address as the Father who impartially judges according to each one's work, conduct yourselves in fear during this day on earth, knowing that you are redeemed with perishable things like silver or gold from your futile way. Wow, Lord, thank you redeemed by precious blood as of a lamb, unblemished and spotless by the blood of Christ. Thank you, God, for that moment. Thank you, God, for that moment. Actually, I think I need to look up the rest of that one, don't I? That was 1 Peter 1, verse 13 through 19, and that's the New American Standard Bible. And I had originally just written down 1 Peter 1, verse 13. And so now I'm gonna make a note of the rest of that. Therefore, prepare your minds for action. Keep sober in spirit. Fix your hope completely on the grace to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. As obedient children, do not be conformed to the former lust which were yours in your ignorance, but like the Holy One who called you, be holy yourselves also in all your behavior. Because it is written, you shall be holy for I am holy. If you address as father the one who impartially judges according to each one's work, conduct yourselves, conduct yourselves in fear during the time of your stay on earth. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for teachings and correction. Thank you for those moments where you're sort of, wow, profound word of God. And then that's a reminder, if it strikes you as a moment to contemplate and you feel that is really resonating in your heart, write down the verse and take that time. Holy Spirit, sit with me. 
I pray for the wisdom and understanding of what you're speaking to me in that verse. Thank you, Lord. Take that step right now, guys. We pray with you and we pray for you. Take that step. Ask for Holy Spirit to walk alongside. Forgive those who've wounded you. Surrender the tight, tight grip of control. Ask for forgiveness for the damage that you've done. Our moving forward from this very point requires accepting God's grace, accepting God's grace and walking in the freedom that he has given us from the bondage that held us tied to bad habits, addictions, damaging behaviors, freedom from that bondage of comfort in a dysfunctional way of responding to situations. Reach for Holy Spirit and pray with him. Do that and we are one step closer to flourishing, planted by God, rooted where planted, wherever he's put us. It's what Jesus Christ has done and still continues to do for anybody who asks ask it of him. Yes, Lord, make room, make room. We make room for you. Invite him into every aspect of your life. That free gift of choice, that free gift of choice. And though he... The great I am could with all majesty and all power blow our doors down, blow our walls down. He will not in that moment. Now, I'm not saying he won't cast judgment. I mean, in this moment of coming to the foot of the cross, we make the choice that matters in eternity. He's waiting. He's waiting for you to call him. You are his. He is waiting for you to believe it, to know it, to understand it to step into the holiness of Christ? Will we choose the enemy's camp, this world around us that's absolute chaos? Absolute chaos or Jesus Christ army? What's the choice? It's either him or it. Psalm 119, verse 25 through 32. My soul cleaves to the dust. Revive me according to your word. I've told of my ways and you have answered me. Teach me your statutes. Make me understand the way of your precept so I will meditate on your wonders. My soul weeps because of grief. Strengthen me according to your word, O oh Lord. Remove the false way from me and graciously grant me your law. I have chosen the faithful way. I have placed your ordinances before me. I cling to your testimonies, O oh Lord. Do not put me to shame. I shall run the way of your commandments, for you will enlarge my heart. You will enlarge our hearts, God. Thank you. Oh, God, we thank you for your love. Help us to be honest in our communion with you. Yes, Lord. Help us to understand beyond all doubt, beyond all reason, that you are the rock on which our position and our paths are placed. Yes, Lord. I pray you allow us to continue working your kingdom and for your kingdom. I pray we will allow you to steady us and move us. Thank you, Lord, for every single person studying your word. Lord, we pray, empower them by Holy Spirit to be courageous in uncovering answers to the questions you are compelling us to ask, Lord. Yes, Lord, Jeremiah 17, you say you search and examine the heart, the mind to re reward each person. 
Search us, Lord. May we be vulnerable with you, God. Remove all facade that we hide behind, Lord. Thank you for loving us. Yes, Lord, we pray that the pruning, we pray that we have your endurance, Holy Spirit, through these seasons of pruning and refining. We pray that we keep the room open within us to allow your song to grow in our soul. Room in our hearts for you, Jesus. First and foremost, thank you, God, for calling us home. Thank you, God, for calling us yours. We pray hope, we pray healing, we pray rejoicing. Oh, yes, Lord, we pray forgiveness. We pray for protection around our homes and our minds and our bodies from the warring that happens. We pray for an awareness of what you want us to see and know. Holy Spirit, we need you to silence us when we say too much. And we need you to teach us what to speak in the name of Jesus. You've been listening to Gospel Garage. To ensure you never miss an episode, please subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player or visit us at gospelgarage.ca forward slash podcast.